0: or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, uh, we're in this series uh, called Building Radiant and it's leading towards next week as we work through Nehemiah. We're in Nehemiah 4 today, but next week we will uh, have our, our big moment where we're, uh, we'll take this last month as we've been praying. We're in 21 days of prayer, but we've been in the series for about a month now and uh, we'll make this big commitment uh, and we're all uh, believing God for all that we need in order to renovate this space. And so God has provided, he is a provider. He will always be providing and uh, he's taking care of us. Can we give King Jesus one more shout together? (laughs) And so um, I just wanna encourage you uh, to come ready for that next week. It's gonna be a great time together. Um, Also, I just wanna encourage you the following week on Christmas Eve, we will be in this room. uh, And so we'll have four services that day and uh, it's gonna be an awesome time together. And so Christmas time is the amazing season to celebrate Jesus together. And so if you are able to invite people, that's a great time. Uh, As you know, and in the United States of America, there's two times uh, where people tend to be willing to take a step to attend church more than any other time. And that's Christmas and Easter. And so, uh, if you could even think about who could I invite to sit with me and, uh, tell them, Hey, uh, it's at an event center, there's free coffee. Some cool people put up a really nice Christmas tree. You should come and then, um, invite them to sit with you. Uh, that's a great step. And, uh, we will, uh, in each service, uh, tell people the good news of Jesus. And so I want to invite you to think evangelistically so that it's not just you and your family drinking eggnog, having good, clean fun and a real swell time, but you also thinking, who could I invite to come and be a part of that service? So uh, open your Bibles if you've got them. Let's go Nehemiah chapter four. Are you ready to go? You feel good? Are you with me? I know we messed you up a little bit. We got screens in different places today. So you're a little bit, you're a little bit dis- disoriented. You, you Good. All right, good. Okay, Skylar's here. Anybody else here? Matt, you here? Come on. What's up, Matt Willis here? All right. Dad, you here? All right, that's mom. All right. (laughs) That's the story of my life right there. All right. Hey, um, okay, let's go. Uh, uh, We we took week one and we talked about building burdens and we talked about the burden uh, on Nehemiah and then we went into building clarity. Um, And then here in chapter four, in the process of rebuilding the walls in Nehemiah four, we run into uh, some discouragement. I want to talk to you today about building resilience. That's a big word, but building resilience. And when we look at Nehemiah's leadership, we see Nehemiah leading people through a time where it's easy to be discouraged. And I think for you and I in the Christian life, it is easy for you and I to become discouraged. And what I'm hoping today is that God will impart to us supernatural strength, to follow him, to say yes to him, to be empowered by him, no matter the circumstance. My guess is, is, if you're like me, you start to face hard circumstance. And because circumstance is difficult, it's easy to want to give up. It's easy to want to quit. And I want to invite us today to be encouraged in God. I want to look at some of the things in Nehemiah chapter four, where we see Nehemiah helping a discouraged people find strength in God. And so uh, if you look at chapter four, verse one, uh, you've got Sanballat and Tobiah and they're throwing criticism. And I just wanna kind of set this up. Here you have the, the people of God building, rebuilding the wall. And from the side, you've got these critics. And I think that's probably true that you and I would say, maybe not people, but maybe people. But you always know that the enemy is bringing this accusation, this pain, this cynicism. And in the midst of this what I always, I always use the phrase a warfare worldview, where we, have a, where we have a worldview where we really are in a spiritual battle. And because we're in a spiritual battle, we know that we need to be prepared. We need to be encouraged in God because we're going to face difficulty, hardship, the attacks of the enemy. So Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, I'm going to just read verse 10, um, and then I'll just kind of speak through the chapter. But here in, in verse 10, we find what's going on in the heart of the people. So they're trying to rebuild. They've got Sandball and Tobias, I mean, asking questions. And it's, it's got this accusation in it. And then it says this, meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would give us strength. I pray for these faithful laborers, each one laboring to follow, laboring to be a people of prayer, laboring, Lord God, to see Jesus, your kingdom be established in Kansas City, in the next generation, around the world, in the way that we live in our marriages, in the way that we disciple our children, laboring to even even care to invite people to come to small group or laboring, to study, to know how to share the gospel so that I can be a gospel witness in my generation. And I pray, Lord God, no matter what rubble they're in, what pain they're in, what challenging tasks day in, day out, I pray that you would strengthen them with might in Jesus name. Amen. Um, I want to talk about this idea of building resilience. I want to invite us to be a resilient people. And I think that in order for us to accomplish what God has for us, this resilience is needed. So here's how you kind of picture it. What do you do when the dream inside of you does not match the reality in front of you? So you've got this dream, this this in the Christian life, this is what I thought it would look like. And here, the, the pain of my circumstance is so real. All of these challenges, and this would have been these people in Nehemiah's day. This phrase right here, speaking really, it's of discouragement. The, The strength of the laborers is giving out. There's so much rubble. There's, I mean, no machinery like we have today. As you are trying to rebuild city walls, there's rubbish or there's rubble. There's, we're in the rocks. It's hot sun, laboring work, painful. And as we look to the future, there's almost this discouragement, this hopelessness we cannot rebuild. I was thinking about uh, the dream of one thing, but something else showing up when I think about uh, the very first Christmas Eve services we had here at Radiant. Um, so I came from a church where, um, in Colorado where, I mean, you had some, uh, you, you had fountains up front, you had people on, like literally... F- coming from the rafters, doing like dances. Um, You had a light show that went on. You had, everybody was paid to do all these professional things. You had people in their 50s and 60s that passed out free eggnog as you walked into the perfect environment. And it was just like, you know, oh, this is amazing, and then you still got the critics, but you, but but that was the environment. So on on our very first year, I was like, all right, to you know the Shannons and to the Dorenskys and the Barkers. All right, guys, let's go, let's cast vision. I don't think that we can do the trapeze. I'm not sure we can do the light show or the fountains, but we can do the eggnog. Let's go eggnog, everybody. And so, on that very first Christmas Eve service, we had not uh, not like mo- we only have one entrance, so we just had one huge punch bowl and we had dumped gallons of eggnog into it. Unfortunately, uh, as uh, we were going to prepare and take the massive bowl of eggnog, uh, one of our incredibly godly dream teamers that had a bad stumble literally tripped, and the eggnog... We didn't have a red carpet for everybody. We just had an eggnog carpet. Like, it just... whoosh! I mean, I just have this memory of just, just eggnog. Just like, let the eggnog flow. I mean, it was... I, it, it, was, I, it was, and then we had. Um, I mean, I, I feel bad for, the, for this young person, but we had one of the kids throw up. So, so it's, when you have a cafetorium uh, with, with 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 throw up eggnog, it already smelled like tater tots. We already were trying to like get rid of the tater tot smell. And now you got all of them coming together for this beautiful, it's, n- n- magical Christmas moment. You know, where it's just not quite what. hoped or expected. We had a photo booth that was actually, um, it was was actually a shower curtain that said Merry Christmas on it. And um, it was just not quite what we'd expected. Um, We had one of the guys in the band uh, didn't show up. And someone said, hey, David, just so you know, so-and-so is not coming to play in the band tonight. I said, where is he? And they said, well, this afternoon, his work offered him time and a half And he took that as opposed to leading tonight. And I just thought, bless the Lord. This is what happens when you start with a bunch of interns. You know, like, all right. So we got a half, you know, half a band. And we got eggnog. And and I just remember, you know, for me, standing next to Renata, very first radiant Christmas, eggnog smells, all the throw up, half a band. Hark the herald, bless the Lord. Dear God, what is happening to me? You know, like... It's just not quite what you expected. I don't know when you look at even your journey. I'm gonna even talk today a little bit about some of the challenges even that we face, even, even in this miracle building journey as we face some, 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 some difficulties, some hardship. I was thinking about in my family, uh, we, we, we have that song, a million dreams are keeping me awake. That became like an anthem but I was thinking about some of the pain that I feel like I'm walking in right now. And if I'm really honest with you, I don't feel like a million dreams are keeping me awake. I'm, 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 I'm sitting in hospitals with people that are facing hardship that is it's just so hard. Yesterday, I spent a few hours working with someone that is, is, is just, just the circumstance is dire. It's, it's so challenging. And, and sometimes I feel like if I'm really honest with you, about the journey, it doesn't feel like a million dreams are keeping me awake. It feels like, which of the five nightmares should I work on tomorrow? Which of which the things can I face? Which ones, God, which, which of the things will you give me the strength to actually labor in the rubble tomorrow? And I just wanna invite you to this idea of resilience the definition of resilience is the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. And I just think that for you and for me, this is a big part of the Christian life. I think that, it, that when we come to faith and we love following Jesus at the new birth, but, but, but in reality, as you labor, as a kingdom laborer, years to decades, a part of the journey is this resilience to get back up to keep going. This would have been what even these people here in Nehemiah 4, no machinery, the rubble, people in Judah say, the strength of the laborers, like they're talking about the physical strength, like just building city walls. The strength is gone. Strength, it's giving out. There's so much, when we look at the real pain, I'm stuck in the rubble. No backhoe, no, I mean, just rocks, rubble. And when I looked at the future, is it even possible to rebuild this wall? And for many of you, I think for me, sometimes we get right here. I'm tired. Strength of the laborers is given out. I'm tired. I've, I've, and you would say, I've been, do, I've, I've been leading small groups for years. I've been trying to be a witness for years. I've been, I've been believing that prayer works for years. I've been trying to work on this marriage for years. I'm overwhelmed. It's just so much rubble. Which of the problems should I work on? (laughs) Discouraged. Even when I looked at the future, based upon the trajectory of the circumstance currently, I'm not even sure that it's gonna work out. I'm not sure we can rebuild the wall. That's what this is. Our strength is done. Our work looks tedious. Our future looks challenging. And I would encourage us even right now. I love the moment where we have cake here and celebrate. woo hey, got, got, the, got the keys, got a new building, and next week, we're gonna pray, we're gonna commit, but truth be told, we're on this journey, and we've hit, we had no idea that permitting would take this long. It, it, this, is, this, is, this is longer than we expected. This is a curveball that, we didn't, that it, we didn't foresee. So we're on that journey as a church. You're on your own journey in your family or in your marriage, in your walk of faith, and in the midst of the discouragement, I just want you to know it's, 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 a, it's a normal part of the Christian life to face discouragement. Circumstances are not hip, hip, hooray, happy times are here to stay, follow the yellow brick road, we're on our way. I mean, it's, it's, you, you go through trials and challenges. And when I look at people that have been discouraged, it's all through the scriptures. Moses became discouraged. Look at this, Numbers 11. Where, where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes, I mean, this is a prayer that a lot of leaders pray. If I have found favor, let it be over. Just take me. Look at Elijah became discouraged, Chapter or, uh, 1 Kings 19. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And he's, he's, he's running from Jezebel here. Look at this. He came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush, sat down under and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm just saying, hey, everybody, if you feel discouraged, I'm reading Moses and Elijah here. Listen to Paul, 2 Corinthians 4, eight. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. For those of you Gen Xers from the 90s, that is actually a verse, not just Daryl Evans. Struck down, but not destroyed. But I want you to see the leadership of Nehemiah. Because I see three things in Nehemiah here in chapter four. I see Nehemiah. He prays, and out of that prayer, he creates a new plan. And out of that plan, you see him lead the people with a Godward perspective. And I wanna invite you, yeah, you're in the midst of whatever you're facing, but I wanna invite you to this kind of resilience, resilience to get back up. When I think about resilience, first thing that comes to my mind as I was studying it this week, is it's literally like an NFL running back. All of us would say, hey, hey, I'm pretty amazing that that any of us could ever run 1,000 yards, right? But in 1,000-yard season, when you're hit by linemen every three yards, that's a hard, that's hard. And Get back up again. Hit, get back up again. Hit, get back up again. That's the Christian life. Welcome to church. Aren't you glad you came? (laughs) I just think it is. I think, I, 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 this is, this circumstance is difficult. And what do you have when you're there in the grass? And you know, you know that it's tempting. I I mean, this is comical, but I just thought, imagine if Nehemiah would have just said, I'm just going back to Persia, baby. (laughs) This is too hard. Back in the day when I was the cupbearer of the king, now that was living in the palace. That was better food. That was better shelter. And this is the call of God on my life, and this is the burden that I have, and this is obedience for me, but this is too hard. The people are discouraged. We're working in rubble. I'm not sure that we can rebuild. I'll just go back, I'll just go back to being a cupbearer. And I think one of my biggest sadnesses for me, I'm 46. And in my Christian journey, there's been so many seasons. There's seasons, you know, you're 14, woo, all in for Jesus. There's seasons when you're 18, woo, let's go. There's seasons when you're 25, woo, all right, let's go. There's seasons when I'm walking across the stage with all the other theology majors when I'm 23. There's moments when I'm the youth pastor and in my late 20s, there's moments in my, my, my 30s. But if I'm really honest, one of the biggest sadnesses to me is I have felt the moments of discouragement and it seems so many peers that go, I just, I think I'll just turn down saying yes to purpose and calling and just, it's too hard. It's the rubble's too much. I'm not sure that I can say yes to calling. I, the, the, the Christian life and saying yes to what God has for me with all that God has for me with all the challenges of Christian relationships, bluntly, all the challenges of church and all the people that have hurt me. Bluntly, how to navigate the intellectual way of understanding how prayer works and how my circumstance didn't turn out like I wanted and I, I prayed, I actually prayed a, a prayer for salvation and, 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 I, and I believed in the prayer meeting and I, and I tried, but I faced crisis and the money that I thought was there didn't and all of the challenges and I tried to lead these people and it didn't and, and just the discouragement. I think it's common. And here's what I see Nehemiah doing. I see Nehemiah leading the people. And my hope is that Nehemiah will lead us today. Just like he led them. Okay, you get knocked down, but you get up again. Sorry. That's, that's, I don't think we sang that in worship. That's a song though. It's not a Christian song, but that's a Christian idea. I get knocked down, but I get up again. All right, so we won't sing that, but that's, 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 that's what Nehemiah is doing right here. Okay. We're not—we're not exactly sure how this is going to turn out. But look what he does, Nehemiah. He prays, verse four: Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. I'm not saying it's a nice prayer, but it is a prayer. <laughs> But you know what I love about this prayer? It's real. Raw, real prayer is the way to pray. I think most of us will turn our inner angst into social media instead of prayer. I think most of us turn our inner angst into a conversation with a spouse or, or our friend instead of prayer. But the Christian way is to take that pain, ah, oh, the rubble. I don't know if we could ever do it. Losing my strength. Why? Because look at this wall, hot sun, rubble, your context, people. I'm so upset that person let me down. That person didn't give me what I wanted. That leader let me down. The, 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 The finance isn't here. The children are crazy spouse is crazy. Ah! Here's Nehemiah. I want to invite you. Get open, honest, let your prayers be your most raw, real. If Nehemiah can do it, you can too. Oh God, here's what's really going on. You know, some of you, (laughs) I won't say that. No, that's my filter. I'm, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, I, I'll just say this. Many of you that you, you feel like I just have to yell at somebody. If you, would, if you would yell at God and be honest with him, you'd watch God do something inside of you and it'd change your perspective of your personality. Wow. It'd change the way that you see yourself. If you'll go before God and just be honest and real. Oh God. In my prayer journal... I mean, I always make the joke. I hope that I, hope, I want to burn my journals. I don't want my kids to have them. You know, like the old thing, like, like give the preacher's kids get the preacher's Bible or the preacher's prayer journals. I want my prayer journals burned when I die. Right. Because I write people's names in there. I write, oh God, break the teeth of so-and-so. Oh God. I need. But you know what? That's how I get honest. And that's so that I'm not saying to Renata, ah, you know what they did? Ah, ah, ah. Call up my dad. Dad! Ah, I just needed somebody to vent to. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Here's what I did. Here, here's, here's a better way. Oh, God. Hal can't fix it. Renata can't fix it, but you can. So let me, you're the one that's supernatural. You're the one with power. So here's what's really going on. I don't know how this is. I don't know how this, how, ah. get real. That's what Nehemiah does. I think many people, even when I talk to them, it's like, when you say that, they give give you the eye roll. Oh yeah, of course. Don't go with the eye roll, live it. Be the intercessor that comes before God and is really open and honest and say, this is what's really going on. you watch God give supernatural help. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He actually does care. So you come before him and you just, like Nehemiah, you, you bring that prayer. And then what I love here in verse 13 is, is Nehemiah's got a new plan. So out of the, after the prayer, the next step is we see this new plan. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, positioning them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. So they are warriors. And if you put them by their families... Bible commentators say this was helping the emotion, the the motive to fight with all their strength. So it was a new warfare scheme based upon what would work. It was a plan. And I just want to invite you. Many of you think that your prayer life is just one way telling God where you're at. If you'll stop and listen, prayer's a two-way conversation and you'll throw out your prayers to God and he'll speak back to you and you'll start to get a new plan. Oh, wait a minute. No, I just need to read seven habits for more highly effective people. No, you need a plan from God. No, no, no. I just need to watch another master class that'll teach me a new trade or a new idea. No, I'm telling you, there is someone who is the greater master that will help you more than that class. It's the master teacher. It's the master shepherd. And, and, and you, you, you listen to him in my prayer journal. Here's what it looks like. Pour out my, here's what's going on. Ah, ah, ah. And then I just put a, every time I hear just, David, Do this, it's just, I I put it in a box. It's my own code language, you know. But box means this is what obedience looks like for me. So that then I have the strength to go back to that same person that I first wanted to hurt them. And now, okay, no, this is the play. Oh, this is the leadership step. Oh, this is the financial step. Oh, this is how you parent. Oh, God, I'm hurting. My boys are taller than me. I'm no. (laughs) You bless them. You love them. But God, why does handsome skip a generation? Oh God. You know? You take it and then you and, and then you write in and 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 turn into dialogue. And you have this prayer dialogue where out of the overflow of that oh, obedience to God. You'll you'll look at something that looks so discouraging and God actually cares enough to help give you a practical plan. So it's not the prayer people are the insane weirdos in the basement or in our new church up up in the prayer room. It's the insane weirdos and all the little old people with coffee that are weird and we avoid them because we're in the real world. No, no, no. We're the prayer people and we're the practical people. And overflow, overflow of prayer, God leads you into very practical things. You'd be surprised how much practical stuff comes when you pour out your heart to God in prayer, listen to what he tells you to do, and then you just box it in your journal. You just go do that. Like he'll give you practical steps. Oh, David, I'm not sure God talks that much. You'd be surprised. You get thoughts, ideas. Where does that come from? Oh, Holy Spirit, you're leading me step by step, moment by moment, day after day, God, you've taken up a dwelling place in your people. Not, not, n- n- not in the, uh, the wilderness, not a, n- n- not, a, not a tabernacle in Jerusalem. No, in here, in me. You've taken presidency in me. It's not a theory. It's not just an Old Testament curriculum course when we study the minor prophets. No, it's today in Kansas City, right here, right now. You'll lead me, you'll guide me. So you might be facing discouragement. You might might be looking at a circumstance that you think is dire. God, I throw out my heart. Give me a real plan. I was thinking even about our salvation. Many of us, we know, okay? Okay whatever year you gave your life to Jesus, young life, you know, two, uh, 1989 or whatever, you know, you, you would look back, whatever church or whatever, and, and, and you would say, that was when I decided, God, you can have my life. Not, not my way, not my plan. I'm going with your plan. So every day we're still living in that, okay? I am saved. I am redeemed. And each day I need your plan today, God. What are you telling me? What, get, No to this, yes to this. So that I can walk in the plans of God, the plans you have for me, rather than my own plans. So easy to pray a prayer, think my soul is locked in the vault of heaven and just do my plan and just wait for heaven. No, you are redeemed. You have given your life to Jesus. You're a follower of his today. You're listening to his voice today. You're getting the plan that he has over your life, for your marriage, for your children, for today. What does that look like? God, I want to really pray. God, I want a real plan. Nehemiah gave a real plan. A practical sword, families, victory. Let's go. So last one is this. I just love the way, and this is verse 14. All the commentators, this is the one they tell you to preach on because this is the easiest one to preach. So this is when it gets good. Nehemiah 4.14, this is where you get Nehemiah's perspective. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives. Sorry, I'm turning into Mel Gibson here. feels like Braveheart. (laughs) Fight for your families, your sons, sons of Scotland. All right, sorry. Do not be afraid of them. Remember, this is what Nehemiah says, remember. I wanna talk about this perspective. He talks about what God has done. Remember, Nehemiah's perspective. Remember the Lord. Remember what God did. Remember, we're in the middle of this pain. And yes, the rubble is so much. And yes, our strength is gone. And yes, when we look to the future, it looks like we've got a lot to do. But remember, he is Yahweh. And he did deliver us out of the hands of Pharaoh. He is Yahweh. He did take us through the Red Sea. He is Yahweh. He is the one that provided water from a rock, manna from heaven. Hey, everybody. He is the God of the universe, and he has done great things before, and he'll do it again. And it changes your perspective. It is possible to go into the circumstance that you look at right now where you're easily discouraged, and based upon circumstance, you will be discouraged. But if you look to your God and what he's done before, and you're saying, won't he do it again? A perspective change will change the way that you treat it. Your God is a provider. Your God cares. Your God leads. And so this is Nehemiah. This is the Christian life. This is us as a church. Hey, everybody. We had some moments. Woo! Celebrate. Sing the song. God provided the building. Hey, everybody. We still have a building. We're still a fear of we, we have a building. We're still a fear Yeah, we had a little, uh, some permanent problems. Okay, who are we going to be in the midst of a, oh, we have a shockingly hard thing. Oh, no, we're the people of God. So I get knocked down. I keep going. God did a miracle; He'll do it again. He's got more miracles for us. Even though you're in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'll keep. I'll keep looking to you, God. This might you. You might be in a hard season. I just know. For me, I'm just being blunt as I look at like walking with people this week. This is a hard week. This is a really hard week. I'm, I'm people in our church that are facing such. Challenges with health. People in our church that are facing such hurt, such pain. People in our church with so many challenging scenarios with their families. And I just want to invite you in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the, we don't pretend like it's not there. We pour out our hearts to God in prayer. We come before God. God, what do you want me to do? Real simple. Give me the plan. Give me what's in your heart. And then, It is not living uh, clueless in denial. it, it, It is a realistic person who says, though I am walking here, my God is this. And I trust God in the midst of this challenge. I will not live perpetually discouraged. I will live with great faith in God. I will remember and I wanna, I wanna invite us to remember, even as we go through this journey and next week we're gonna pray and have this big moment where we give and pledge. God's, God's done miracles. God's still doing miracles. And no matter what, what scenario you're in, I wanna invite you. I will remember my God. This is Psalm 42. This is, this is that speaking to yourself. My circumstance is hard, but my, my worldview, my life It's not all built on my circumstance. It's built on my God. Psalm 42, 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. So you might be in the most difficult circumstance, but preach to your soul. You might be facing opposition, but that's the normal Christian life. Actually, if you're facing opposition, it might just be that you're moving forward. It might just be, uh, when when you have a warfare worldview, (laughs) the enemy wants to take out the people that are walking by faith, that are making a difference, that are radiant, that are shining, right? Sports world, we'd say, hey, if that guy's good and he could score, double team him. Because we want to shut him down. I've never been double teamed in my life. But if you feel double teamed, it could be you're walking by faith. Right. You're not walking by human sight. You're walking by kingdom light. God, I trust you. I took my kids on Friday, Renata and my kids to uh, go see this new movie, The Shift. And uh, it's made by the same people that made The Chosen. And it's, this, it's like a modern day story of Job. And I love... When I think about walking and trusting God in the midst of trials, there's this phrase that Job says in Job 19, where he says, all right, put this in a book. Write this on a rock. It's a conviction, even though it's not the circumstances that he sees. For I know that my Redeemer lives. In the end, he will stand on the earth. And though my flesh be destroyed, yet with my eyes, I will see God. And you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You may be facing disease and hardship. You may be facing surgeries and pain. You may be facing people that you thought you could trust that you can't. You may may be facing financial ruin. I get back up again. My hope is in God. I trust in God. Just stretch out your hands like this? I just want to pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you would mark our church with resilience. I pray that the circumstances of our day would not form us into a people, but that Christ would form us into a people. We pray that as we look to the stories in the Old Testament of real people that face real pain, that we, in our day, in our situation, would be word that we would lift our eyes to you. We would hear your voice. And God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for my friends, those walking through trials, pray that you give them strength and resilience. Pray that you would touch them supernaturally. Pray for the power of God. I pray for the strength to just open their eyes to, to God. Look to God in their pain. Listen to God in the rubble, the monotony, maybe even the nightmare. And we will remember, we will proclaim, great, worthy, awesome is our God. If you're in the room or online today and you would say, I have lived my plan, but I want God's plan. I wanna be a follower of Jesus. I wanna give my life to Christ. I wanna begin a new journey as a follower of Jesus. I'd like to invite you just start today. Jesus died for you. Jesus went to a cross in your place for your sin that you might have eternal life Walking and knowing, walking with and knowing Jesus is available to you today. Here's how you start you start with just a prayer. I want to invite you to pray this prayer Jesus, take my life. I choose your plan over my own. Your life, your strength, I ask for it. I want to be with you forever. Come be in me. Come reside in me. Make me yours. I surrender my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer in your beginning, A Life as a Follower of Jesus, I'd invite you to let someone on the prayer team know today. If you'd like to, you could even fill out on that connection card and just tell us that you made a decision. We'll be in touch with you this week. Let's all stand together. I wanna invite Matt Willis, he's one of our trustees. He's gonna come and pray over of our offering. Ushers, if you would come forward. As you know, here at Radiant, we have overseers that are pastors that help give leadership. We have trustees that help give leadership to our finances. And Matt has been with us from day one, and he's an incredible leader. And Matt, will you just take a moment and pray over yeah, us? Yeah,
1: Anything you. Have? Um, it was kind of fun that you talked about just uh, God as provider. I was filming as I was asked, David asked me to pray. Um, he led me to the verse in, uh, in Genesis, and it's, uh, um, it's Genesis uh, chapter twenty-two. Uh, Start verse 13. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which we always say Jehovah Jireh. I lost my place. Oh, uh, yeah, Yahweh which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Come on. So, Lord, we uh, we just we celebrate you as a God who provides. Lord, we look back in our history. and We see how you have provided. We look in the present and we see you are providing. And we look to the future and we believe in a God who will provide. And we we bless you. We celebrate you, God, as a God of provision. Lord, over us as a church and Lord, over each one of us as individuals. So we love you and just thank you. We praise you in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. So good.